So this song was popular in Germany. It was sung in 1743 when the foundation stone of the first Lutheran church in Philadelphia was laid. Okay. Um, legend also has it that as Napoleon was closing in on Germany intent on crushing them, Queen Louise of Prussia played this hymn on her harpsichord and sang it to comfort herself and the people around her. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Hymn Partial. I'm Monet Funke. And I'm Cara Devereaux. And today we're going to be talking about the longest hymn we've ever covered on the podcast, <laughs> Commit Thou All Thy Griefs. We'll be looking at the reality of suffering in the Christian life, why some hymns impact us so deeply, and we'll be encouraging you to remember why we can say with certainty that God is faithful. All that and more. But before we dive in, we want to encourage you to keep in touch so that you never miss an episode. If you're listening on YouTube, hit subscribe and ring the bell so that you are notified when we release our next episode. We're available anywhere you listen to your podcast, but the best way of all to keep in touch is by heading over to himpartial.com and subscribing to our free weekly newsletter. This is only released once a week and comes with all kinds of fun bonus content that you cannot get anywhere else. So, Cara, um, I guess officially Happy New Year. I know we had our first episode of the year last last week, but we recorded that in 2021, and now it's officially 2022. Hooray! Hooray! <laughs> um, and we actually just wanted to pick up on a theme that we discussed in last week's episode with Jeremy Casella, which is the providence of God. So... Um, you all are in for a treat, maybe, <laughs> as we have a short series coming up this week and in the pre in the upcoming weeks to talk about the providence of God through some of the hymns, some known, some unknown, um, or lesser known, uh, that we think will be really encouraging as we start the year. I think at the beginning of the year, people have all these hopes and dreams for like what the year is going to look like. And I think it's important to remember that we serve the God who provides all that we need. Yeah, and it's a wonderful truth to remember, particularly with just how hard the last couple of years have been for everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, what better to go into the new year with than the theme of remembering that God is, God is in control and he cares for his people. Mm -hmm. So, um, today's hymn is exactly that theme. I thought, because this is not a well-known song, that there wouldn't be much information on it. Um, but I ended up down some very deep rabbit holes with this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and for your benefit, I have not put everything that I discovered in this (laughs) episode. But there is... Yeah, it's worth looking up because there's a lot of interesting, like, stories around this hymn. Mm. So, it was written by the German hymn writer Paul Gerhardt. And he was born in a small village between Wittenberg and Halle in 1607. I know one of those places. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> you know both. Wittenberg was where um, Luther's lived for a while yeah but I've never been there I've been to Halle and that's where my husband's from so I have to I have to go whoop whoop when you say that 
Yeah, born just between the hometowns of two great Germans. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> one of them is not Daniel. The other one is Handel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Gerhardt's life was one that was marked by suffering. While mm. he was still at school, he lost both of his parents. Wow. At 17, he entered training for the ministry. But because of the 30 years war, he was 45 years old before he was actually able to take up any pastorate. Wow. Yeah, so in the years in between, he worked as a private tutor where he met Anna Maria Barthold. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when he was finally given a pastorate in Mittenwald, which incidentally is where my violin was made. Um, at that point, he was finally able to marry Anna, who he had loved for a long, long time. Really? Yeah, I guess because he was a tutor, he wasn't that well off. Um, and he was tutoring people in her family. So I guess maybe there were some issues around uh. that. It was not a happy ending. Um, oh. They lost three of their five children in infancy. Mm. And following that, in 1657, he was called to St. Nicholas Church in Berlin, mm -hmm. which is like a good cathedral. Mm-hmm. And that was great. He ministered there faithfully and he was well loved by the people there. But it doesn't have a happy ending. Oh. <laughs> because there was a lot of very fiery debate between the Lutherans and the Reformed churches. Mm -hmm. And the elector, who was like a local ruler, prime minister of the area sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, the elector in Berlin got so fed up with them that he passed an edict that the Lutherans and the Reformed folks weren't allowed to discuss the differences between what they believed. Interesting. Yes. So Paul Gerhardt couldn't in good conscience sign it. Mm -hmm. um, so he was removed from his pastorate. Mm -hmm. Following which, he lost one of his two remaining sons. Oh, no. It wasn't related. It was, I think it was illness or, or an accident or something, but... Mm -hmm. It was not a good time for him. No. So his congregation actually appealed to the elector to get Gerhardt back. And the elector agreed, but there were conditions. Okay. So Gerhardt didn't have to sign the agreement that he agreed with the edict. But if he wanted his pastorate back, he had to abide by it, even though his name wasn't on the bit of paper. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> So was he just was it like a wink and a nod agreement? Like, yeah, sure, uh-huh. Like I'm I'm gonna agree to this paper, but not really. Or no, it was a like a you can say, Oh yes, I don't agree, I'm not signing it, but you still have to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So he said no. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> he was just like, What is the point? Whether my yeah. name's on it or not, I can't can't do it. Yeah. Um I would say this was a hard period in his life, but all the periods in his life were hard. Mm. Um, so a few years later, he left Berlin and at some point around this time, his loved wife died because uh, mm. she didn't keep very well. She was quite an ill person. Yeah. And it was just Gerhardt and his son left. Mm. So he continued to minister through the hymns he wrote. He took up a pastorate um, elsewhere. We still sing about 40 of the 123 songs that he composed. Wow. Yeah, so... In terms of proportion, that's quite high. Yeah. Um, so he wasn't like as prolific as someone like Fanny Crosby or Charles Wesley who are up mm. in the thousands. Mm -hmm. But the songs he did write 
were largely born out of the trials that he faced. So they have like they have a lot of heart, and mm-hmm. I think that's what's helped them to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So before just, we, l- sorry, sorry, go on. I was just thinking, like it's something that we don't understand fully as Baptists, <coughs> but we're beginning to understand a little bit more with all of the restrictions happening in Western countries around COVID for pastors, like how much power and control the state churches had over the church in times past. I think it's something we just, I mean, in the States, folks definitely don't understand this because obviously it's part of the, the bones of the constitution that the government can't tell the church to do anything really. Um, but <clears throat> even in, in Scotland here, obviously we're not part of the church of Scotland. So we don't have that kind of obligation to the state church. Um, I don't think we fully realize like how much power state church had and how difficult it was to minister in, in good conscience when the state church was kind of wiling out about certain theological issues or doctrinal issues um, and how much, I don't want to say courage, but that's the only word I could think of how much courage it took to stand up against that because it yeah. essentially meant your livelihood was out the door. You couldn't provide for your family um, if you're a minister or you risked going to jail or some sort of physical harm. Um, by going against it or you had to kowtow to the government and that and what kind of slow death is that for a minister to do um, what the government is requiring of him but is against what the Lord is requiring of him Mm. so on that point it may not sound like a big deal to a lot of people today that they weren't to talk about their religious differences because a lot of people are just like to each their own Mm -hmm. as long as you believe in Jesus you're fine Mm -hmm. you know gospel issues gospel issues Mm -hmm. but actually um Lutheranism at that time was was Catholic it's basically Catholicism light Mm -hmm. um and so the reformed people Part of the thing about discussing their differences was it was a gospel issue. It was a salvation yeah. issue yeah. in many, many ways. Um, and you have to remember, this is only about 100 years after the Reformation. Mm. And people were literally being killed over mm-hmm. this. It wasn't just, you know, some heated debates. There were people actually dying that's what the 30 years war was Mm -hmm. so when we say oh he just wouldn't sign this bit of paper it's a lot more than you know than it would mean today um and as you see like the fact that he his livelihood was taken away from him his his wife passed away that Mm -hmm. was from illness but if Mm -hmm. you don't have a job you don't have money and mm. you can't look after your family and yeah anyway so it's a much bigger deal than yeah it may yeah. sound but to the hymn <laughs> <laughs> so because this hymn is not so well known I didn't think there would be a ton to say about it <laughs> <laughs> um but I I've 
kind of rounded up the highlights for you. (laughs) So it was first published in um, a publication called Praxis. Mm. It has a long German name, but it's called Praxis, and I can say that part. (laughs) (laughs) So that was in 1656, and... The title, which I'm probably going to butcher and I apologise, was mm. Befehl du Deine Vega. Sure. Um, <laughs> the story has it that Gerhardt wrote this after he was removed from his pastorate in Berlin while mm. his family were homeless and wandering with nowhere to go. Oh. One, no, don't all yet. <laughs> there's there's yeah just too early i see hold hold your horses <laughs> the, one day they stopped at an inn and his wife who suffered from depression anyway mm. um was just in complete despair and he encouraged her with psalm 37 5 and then they went and sat in the garden together where he composed this hymn mm-hmm. and the story continues that that very evening two messengers arrived to offer Gerhardt a position of distinction under the Duke of Merseburg. Merseburg? Now, that's a nice story, but the hymn was printed as early as 1653, and just to remind you, it was the 1660s before he had to give up his position. Hmm. Okay. Hmm, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so he didn't actually leave Berlin until he was appointed to Lubin. Mm-hmm. in 1669 but his wife died in berlin a year previously i'm confused <laughs> <laughs> so this basically the story is that he wrote it in a sort of lost and homeless wandering phase between yeah. places yeah but it was published i think eight years before the edict even came out okay and um, before he left Berlin, it's just, yeah. So I don't, basically, I don't think the story is true, nice yeah. as it is. It's a nice, it's not actually a nice story. It's a fun story to tell. Well, I say nice as in like, isn't that lovely that yeah. he encouraged his wife and he wrote this wonderful, uplifting hymn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's like, was it come the fount of every blessing mm. that had the story that nobody can confirm? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that he was sitting on a bus or something and a lady was like saying the words out loud and he was like, I'm the poor unhappy soul that wrote that hymn. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. So you get stories like this. Yeah. Um, there is another fascinating story about a German peasant in relation to this tune and a okay. raven and a ring and a king. Whoa. And yeah, it's so cool, but I decided not to share it's a fantasy. it. fantasy. What? No. <laughs> it's, it's one of those it's fan like fiction. <laughs> myths. It might be fan fiction. It could be true. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, um, if you ask us, perhaps we can share that with you. I think I'm let down that you haven't. I'll cry after the episode. But <laughs> So this song was popular in Germany. It was sung in 1743 when the foundation stone of the first Lutheran church in Philadelphia was laid. Okay. Um, legend also has it that as Napoleon was closing in on Germany intent on crushing them, Queen Louise of Prussia played this hymn on her harpsichord and sang it to comfort mm. herself and the people around her. 
Hmm. Also, Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, mm-hmm. um, a well-known German theologian, was known to sing Gerhardt's hymns when he was locked up in the Nazi concentration camps. Wow. So this has a, a long history of being a song of comfort and of praise. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe because his words came from both deep suffering and deep faith, they've kind of, they've stayed with us despite yeah. um, the amount of time that has passed. To the test of time as well. So, moving out of German into English, it was first published in 1739, which is quite a bit later. Hmm. Um, and it was published in Hymns and Sacred Poems, minus a few verses. <laughs> <laughs> you mean all 16 didn't make it? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it was like uh, 12, only 12 verses made it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So John Wesley translated it, and he was pretty loose with the translation, hmm. um, although he was faithful to, like, the sentiment of the the hymn. So he was faithful... I, sorry, I had no idea that he knew German. Oh, this is really... I'm going to put that pen down. This is really interesting, um, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, so, yeah, Wesley translated it, he was faithful to the sort of the feeling, the intent of the poem, although mm. he, he did change the words slightly. Mm-hmm. He also changed the meter and left out verses 5, 9, 10 and 11, <laughs> which was a fair choice because it was long already. Um, <laughs> all the same, uh, Wesley's is the most popular English translation of the hymn mm-hmm. and he called it Commit Thou All Thy Griefs. Mm-hmm. But it has also been known as give to the winds thy fears because some Ooh. people start on the, it's like eighth or ninth verse, which begins with that line. Okay. And they move that to the first verse. Um, and then a more modern rendering of it is give to the Lord thy griefs. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't actually quite work out how many verses the original had mm. because you can find anywhere from five to 16. Mm-hmm. And normally they're four-line verses, but sometimes they get doubled up into Mm -hmm. eight-line verses. And I found one version with 24 (gasps) four-line verses. (laughs) And I was like, wow. But it was only one place that I found that. So I'm not sure whether it had just been added to or Mm. what was going on there. Um, But because of the sheer number, you tend to see sort of various combinations Mm. depending on the hymn book. And there doesn't seem to be a sort of definitive, these are the six verses Mm -hmm. that appear everywhere. Um, Honestly, sorry to cut you off. I I genuinely struggle with the idea of translated hymns being the same hymns. I know we, we read loads of things, famous art. Um, famous literature that's been translated um, into English so that we could read it. I think even of like, um, you know, Dostoevsky, if I'm saying his name right, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Like, you know, being this incredible writer, but all of his writing was in Russian, right? Wasn't it in a whole different language altogether? And we, all of us reading it are reading it in English. So even his prose is not the same because it's been translated, but I find with hymns and poems, 
that's where things get really tricky. It's not like you're telling a story. That's hard enough. You're trying to capture the artful way in which someone said something in a completely different language. And I think maybe um, earlier translators maybe didn't, not all, that's maybe not fair. Some translators more than others don't care as much about the integrity of like the the meter or the order of the word pictures, et cetera, et cetera. So you sometimes get like a completely different song um, than what was originally written. I don't know. Is that too harsh? I feel like it might be a no. bit too harsh. <laughs> um, well, part of your problem is that a lot of poetry relies so heavily on metaphor. Mm-hmm. And these things actually can vary between cultures. Yeah. So something that might make sense in one culture does not necessarily make sense in another, which makes translation harder. But as you were talking, I was thinking about one time in church when we were going to sing How Great Thou Art. Mm-hmm. And we started singing the words that we'd been told to sing. Like it was number 246 or whatever mm. and we all open up our hymn books and we start singing and the guy at the front's leading and he's singing completely different words <laughs> because he had picked how great thou art mm-hmm. which we've done an episode on and it mm-hmm. began as a scandinavian song mm-hmm. and the version he was thinking of was the Stuart k hine one which yeah. was extremely loose <laughs> and half of it wasn't even by it, half of it wasn't even a translation he'd just yeah, written extra just verses added it yeah but the version that we'd been told to turn up was a more faithful version <laughs> by a girl called Elunid Harris or Harrison or something like that mm-hmm. and the words are very very different so yeah. we're singing and looking at him and going <laughs> he's not singing the same words as us and he's you know, playing the guitar and going, why aren't you singing the same words? <laughs> What's happened here? <laughs> yeah. Um, that rarely happens, but occasionally you get that. And it is, we are singing the same song. We're just singing different translations or renderings of it. Yeah. But yes, we'd love to find someone who does that, who translates hymns, yeah. who could come and talk to us about it because yeah. it's a really interesting thing. Um. Yeah, it's just another sidetrack. Sorry, I, t- I always take us off track. I, the One last note on this. The reason why I'm baffled by it is because I'm not clever enough. I'm not smart enough to understand the intricacies of translation. And to me, it does feel like it. it it's like if you, uh, because it's famous, I'm only mentioning it because it's famous. If you did uh, your own version of the Mona Lisa, it's like, well that's just another painting. It's like inspired by the Mona Lisa. You could sit there and you could paint it and maybe you're really, really good at copying and it almost looks exactly the same, but it's not the same. It's a, it's a different painting. Yeah. And so it's I like do, when they make the Mona Lisa out of toast, you recognize yes. it, but it's toast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I do feel like it is another thing. Um, but that's like definitely, that's like, that's like a philosophical question that maybe we, I'm not, <laughs> I'm definitely not clever enough to, to um, speak on yeah. accurately. It, it is super interesting. 
Um, we'd love to talk about it, but it's not our area of expertise. No. So if you know anybody, please yeah. send us their email address. Let us we'd know. love to talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just like it doesn't have a definitive set of verses, it also doesn't have a definitive tune. Mm. Uh, you can sing it to anything. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it was common measure that Wesley translated it into. And if you double up the verses, you just use a tune that's double common measure. Mm-hmm. Um, so nothing in particular has stuck. Mm-hmm. But we're going to read it to you. We're going to... Um, I went with a 16-verse edition because that seemed to be the agreed original. Um, It's long, but it's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So bear with us. Monet and I are going to tag team it. Yes. Verse 1. Commit thou all thy griefs and ways into his hands to his sure truth and tender care who earth and heaven commands. Who points the clouds their course, whom winds and seas obey. He shall direct thy wandering feet, he shall prepare thy way. Thou on the Lord rely, so safe shalt thou go on. Fix on his work thy steadfast eye, so shall thy work be done. No profit canst thou gain by self-consuming care. To him commend thy cause, his ear attends the softest prayer. Thy everlasting truth, Father, thy ceaseless love, sees all thy children's wants and knows what best for each will prove. And whatsoe'er thou willst, thou dost, O King of kings, what thy unerring wisdom choose, thy power to being brings. Thou everywhere hast sway, and all things serve thy might. Thy every act pure blessing is, thy path unsullied light. When thou arisest, Lord, what shall thy work withstand? When all thy children want thou givest, who, who shall stay thy hand? Give to the winds thy fears, hope and be undismayed. God hears thy sighs and counts thy tears. God shall lift up thy head. Verse 10. Through waves and clouds and storms, he gently clears thy way. Wait thou his time, so shall this night soon end in joyous day. Still heavy is thy heart, still sink thy spirits down. Cast off the weight, let fear depart, and every care be gone. What though thou rulest not, yet heaven and earth and hell proclaim God sitteth on the throne and ruleth all things well. Leave to his sovereign sway to choose and to command. So shalt thou wandering own his way, how wise, how strong his hand. Far, far above thy thought his counsels shall appear, when fully he the work hath wrought that caused thy needless fear. Thou seest our weakness, Lord, our hearts are known to thee. O lift thou up the sinking hand, confirm the feeble knee. Let us in life, in death, thy steadfast truth declare, and publish with our latest breath thy love and guardian care. All right. Wow. (laughs) That's a, like, that's a really good one. Yeah. And you're like, how did anybody cut verses from that? Because they're all all really good. (laughs) It's so encouraging. I, I, I won't, I won't speak 
and on this for lengthy um for a lengthy period because I know you have some unpacking here but you know I've never sung this song before this this is the first time really reading through it and it's so encouraging and given his background you're like wow he wrote this that's really really encouraging mm. I mean, it's a lot to unpack, so we're not really going to go through it verse by verse because it's <laughs> will not keep you all day. But we do recommend <laughs> that you go find it and read it yeah. yourself and, and meditate on it. Mm. Um, it is long, but it is so full of goodness. Mm. And you can hear that whoever wrote this, they've seen these truths played out in the hardships they've faced in their own lives. Um yeah. And the crazy thing is, well, maybe it's not crazy, but it's so helpful. It's so not helpful, hopeful. It is mm-hmm. helpful as well. It's hopeful. Yes. Um, I don't know about you, but I have one of those personalities where when things are hard, I tend to just like sigh and be like, oh, well, we better just trust God and get on with it. <laughs> you know, like I don't yeah. want to be here, but. Yeah. Yeah. Get your teeth and bear it a little bit. <laughs> yeah like I, I trust God to bring me through it but I'm kind of yeah. like do we have to do this okay <laughs> um but one of the things I love about this hymn is that it's realistic about suffering without being an Eeyore mm. <laughs> yes that's true um yeah if it, it feels very much like a like a I'm in the storm hopeful song you know Mm. it's not like um it's not like the disney version of a hymn where you're like everything's great and then it's like oh no trouble but like you could see the solution like right around the corner and you're like oh okay well everything's gonna be fine in like 15 minutes it kind of is like no, 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 we're in the storm and the storm is so dark and it's so heavy around us. And I can't see the clearing of the storm, but I know that the Lord is with me, you know, that. Yeah. Um, it's like he made the storm. The storm didn't take him by surprise and he'll carry you through it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the whole, all the while he's just speaking of the Lord's strength, his his sovereignty, like his power, his rule over all of the nonsense and the craziness that he's going through. It's like, yeah, but you're still king. You're still, you know, you still rule. Um, you know, your hand is still stronger than anyone. Um, and why should I fear? You know, you hear me and uh, you know exactly what I'm going through. And you know how weak I am. Like all of that is just, it's just really encouraging. Yeah, there's just oh, there's so much in there. Um, I also love that this begins with the exhortation to give your fears to God. And then in one of the last verses, it talks about when you see what he's doing and see that your fears are needless. Mm-hmm. Um, and although it's kind of like, it's sort of a rebuke saying, you know, trust God. He also takes the time to explain to us why we can do that. And I really like that. And I like that he goes through so many reasons why God is trustworthy and has proved himself trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he reminds us again towards the end that God's ways are higher than our ways, mm-hmm. uh, which comes from Isaiah. Mm, 50, um, 
survive with it? I wasn't going to be brave enough to try, <laughs> try to have a reference. But you know, you know it in your head, like your ways are higher yes. than our ways. Yes. Your, yeah, your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also reminds us that although he's above all of this, he also genuinely cares for us mm-hmm. and he knows us and knows our needs and our hardships and he cares Mm-hmm. Um, and so we can give him all our griefs and all our cares and not worry about them because they're safe with him. And mm. unlike us, he's powerful enough to do something about it. Mm. Um, yes. In a minute, we're going to encourage you about this with some scripture passages. But I just remembered and I, I want to tell you about it because it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sidetracked by our conversation on translation. Mm-hmm. But when you said about John Wesley... Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah talking German mm-hmm. so this is one of those weird things where I'm learning that so many of our hymns and the stories around them have touch points with other hymns and other hymn writers and somehow there's these weird connections through history mm-hmm. John Wesley um, when he was young made a trip to America mm-hmm. On the boat were a group of Moravians. What? Yes. So for those of you who haven't yet listened to that episode, the Moravians were a group um, sort of patronized slash formed by a guy called Nicholas Ludwig van Zinsendorf, Mm -hmm. who wrote a hymn called Jesus Thy Blood and Righteousness, Mm -hmm. which we have an episode on. If you want to know more about the Moravians, go listen to that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But he was German as well. And the Moravians were known for hymn singing and Mm -hmm. for their missionary zeal, which was why they were on a boat going to America. Mm -hmm. So John Wesley's like, these guys are cool. I want to talk to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he learned German. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. To have the the brilliance to just be like, oh, I want to talk to these guys. Let me just learn one of the hardest languages ever. (laughs) It was a long trip at that point. I guess so. So he had a couple of months intensive on a boat Mm -hmm. with nothing to do but learn German. Yeah. Um, And he was really sort of deeply impacted by their zeal, but by their hymn singing as well. Mm -hmm. And so it was probably them that introduced him to the works of Paul Gerhardt. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So it's crazy that Kant Zinzendorf is basically responsible for John Wesley speaking German. Yeah. And going on to translate this hymn. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, talk about providence of God. That's one yeah. of those yeah. crazy things. Yeah. And the world is small. The world is small too. <laughs> History is surprisingly small as well because... Yeah. We're no. talking 1600s through the 1700s. Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so um, that was just <laughs> an interesting tidbit. But as we close, I would encourage you to go back and read that full hymn mm-hmm. to kind of meditate on it, um, pick out some of the scripture references. But don't take our word or Paul Gerhardt's word for it, that this is true, just take it from scripture. Yeah. And you can find it in so many places. 
Um, but a particularly good passage is 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 7. Monet, would you mind reading? Yeah, I would love to read it. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. Amen. Such a beautiful passage. I love that passage. (laughs) Yeah, our pastor actually preached on it reasonably recently and Mm. it was really interesting what he said about you know you may you may not like these well to be honest nobody likes hardships so it is horrible for you at the time Mm -hmm. but in going through these things and knowing the comfort of God in these things you can then comfort others who who are going through the same thing and by saying to them you know I know what you're going through and God will comfort you. He's mm-hmm. done it and he'll do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, you comfort them. And this is such a great provision from the Lord that in our trials, yes, he's sovereign. Um, but obviously the theme of today's episode is his providence and the fact that he provides the comfort that comes alongside you in your trials, in your suffering is just another way that God loves us um mm-hmm. and and is part of that trust that the hymn is encouraging us to um to extend towards the lord um because he does love us so much that he would he's not just like oh suffer and it's gonna hurt and then afterwards you'll like have like a muscle or something he's like no you <laughs> suffer and i will provide the comfort yeah um, that you require to get through this Yeah, and I think a lot of people see providence as kind of like God is up there somewhere and he's all powerful and he decides what happens and it's up to us to just kind of survive it. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case. He orders things for the good of his people and for his own glory. Mm -hmm. And so when these things happen and when providence is not a happy thing, it's still a good thing. And mm-hmm. we know God often more closely in these times as we're we're kind of pushed to rely on him and trust in him because there's just nothing else to trust in. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so if you want a good verse to commit to memory to help you remember this truth, I recommend um, Isaiah 41.10. Um, it's God speaking and he says, Do not be afraid for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. Amen. Amen. So yes, you guys should definitely memorize that verse. I know Cara and I have memorized it in the past. Um, And be encouraged by this hymn. Again, I've never sang this hymn before, but you bet I'm going to sing it after this because it is such a beautiful 
beautiful encouragement. Um, and I just, I love that last verse. Let us in life and death thy steadfast truth declare and publish with our latest breath thy love and guardian care. So thank you so much, Cara, for uh, bringing this hymn to us today. Um, and I pray that it's blessed you all who are hearing it for the first time. Um, but until next time, sign up for our newsletter, impartial.com. Don't forget, because you miss out on all the goodies, which there are a lot of goodies for this episode. Um, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye.